Nice. Well, that's our intro. Thanks, James. Always a pleasure to hear your intros. Welcome to Conversations with Kevin from the Kevin Marks Project. Today we have Vladimir and a return of James. Hey. By popular demand, I must say. So, the beginning of this Blink. show is going to be about who we are, and I'd like to talk about who you are, Vladimir. Yes. Well, you were talking about this airplane thing before. I want to hear that, because you, you're in aviation. We, you, we're all in aviation, though I was. And you were mentioning about being a pilot for yeah. a short well, time. Talking about myself, uh, I always wanted to become a pilot since I was a kid. But I grew up in Panama, okay. Central America. Yeah. So in those days, uh, the option was uh, very narrow for uh, people who without really some resource with money, you know. But uh, eventually, my the life took me to uh, become a mechan mechanic, aviation mechanic. Cool. But being in Canada, I saw the chance to at least to fly a plane, not to get a license or whatever. I wanted to fly a plane. I wanted to have the experience to be controlling an airplane in the air, in the sky. So uh, yes, I, I I took my lessons. I, I did uh, twenty five hours solo and. Uh, Wow, and uh, about uh, ninety-one hours altogether with instructor and everything, and I was ready for the exam, but I didn't go for the exam because uh, I have no more money. <laughs> at the it's time. expensive to it's be expensive. a pilot. Right? I spent almost. It cost me a little bit more because uh, when I was doing it, I have a heart condition. It's like uh, I, I cannot tell you the name right now because it doesn't come to my mind, but. Uh, it's something like we have to do with the electrical. Oh, uh, yes, we, I we know. all have inside the heart. Yeah, I know. So you have like, like a point yeah. A, point B, and the electricity goes through and uh, keep going, A B, A, A, B and keep arrhythmia. going, going around. Arrhythmia, but yeah. people like in my case, I was born with a, an extra pole, so I have A B C. Oh wow! You're yeah. tripolar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly, <laughs> but. Uh, what happened is like uh, according to what the doctor said until when you're 12 year old that doesn't uh, really um, can uh, show up after you're 12 you pass your 12 uh, year of age it can show anytime wow. I was 39, 36 I'm, I'm not sure Okay. when uh, it happened at work how I did you know what it was like what happened at work I was at work I went for lunch after that uh, I went uh, back to uh, to work and suddenly I start uh, like a cold sweating, you know, feeling like a little bit dizzy and uh, a little bit of a uh, press on the chest and uh, pressure on the chest. And uh, so uh, I went to drink some water because it was, I think it was in, was it no, no winter, was it May or uh, mm -hmm. so. Anyway, and then I went to the, uh, I said, okay, I'm getting like a hot or whatever. I went to the uh, locker room to try to chill out. And in the locker room, I was feeling a little bit worse, so I went to see the nurse. And okay. the nurse uh, checked my my heart and uh, my pressure and everything, and she called the ambulance, and I was taken with the ambulance. Wow. Out of, uh, Thank God there's an I didn't talk to, the, to my supervisor. I talked to nobody because no, 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 no chance. chance. No yeah. chance. So I was up. taken. When I, I remember passing the, the red light with the siren. 
And uh, I could not breathe. I feel like I, I, I jumped in a swimming pool and I could not swim and I was about to drown. Oh, man. Wow. So I get, uh, they got me to the hospital, directly to the emergency room. And they, uh, they put uh, in, my, in my arm, put some, uh, how call that, the... Intravenous. Intravenous. Okay. With intervenes. The catheter, yeah. And the, and the guy, remember the doctor said, here's a little bottle that is, the, okay, with this, we're going to inject you this, and you in three minutes, you're going to be okay. And I was like, I was not believing nothing, because I was feeling like, okay, I'm going to die here. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he did it, and after a little while, I was uh, normal. He what said, was the drug? Wow, that's awesome! They know that, because, because maybe it's like the an health 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 they know, they know by the, the way the heart goes on the on the, on the screen uh -huh. mm -hmm. what exactly it has by by the way the the pattern of the uh, the heart. So they say you have to go for a procedure mm. because uh, you have to um, have to go with a catheter and burn down what ex that extra pole that you have there. Oh, okay. So uh, that's what they did. Uh, so I have to going back to the aviation. I stopped flying because I had to. Report that to uh, Transport Canada. Sure, and uh, get a medical condition. After after the uh, everything was done and everything was okay, I had to be examined by uh, bring all those papers and be examined by a doctor from Transport Canada mm -hmm. to allow me to go back to back to fly again. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're here because it's a good thing you got help and everything's fine and you're you're doing well. Yes. After that, uh, actually, there's another curious thing that happened. The first time they did it. I went to see the doctor after a month, like, okay, I feel good, everything was okay. And then he said, oh, we have to do it again. So I was like, are you kidding? Eh? Mm. No, 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 seriously, you ha we have to do it again. Because you're still young, and the, the person who did it, who wasn't, wasn't me, was the, uh, another person, he said, he didn't do it properly. No. You're still young, and the tissue can grow up again. Regenerate. It yeah. had to be burned properly, because, okay. because if you were an older person, I was going to leave it like that. But you're still young, so it had to be. So I, they did it twice, actually. Wow. Jeez. Well, I'm happy it worked, and I'm glad you're here. And James, I'm glad you're here. Thanks. Um, you yeah, I'm having some, a moment of gratitude for my existence right well, now. Well, I think I am that. too, exactly. And I, I think we all should be grateful that. <laughs> you know, I've happy. known you. I must. Have, I've known you now since what? Uh, 2006. 18 uh, years. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I never knew that. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's what this show is all about—conversations. And I know you're a wicked good musician. <laughs> yes, and you've I'm introduced happy about me that. to some guys who are just absolute, like Raúl. Man, he's out of this world. Yeah, yeah. What a player! Holy smokes! Yeah, uh, I'm anxious to hear you. Got well, you got some props here. Uh, we got, uh, we got a cajon. We got a Jimbe. Jimbe. We got a some cowbells. I got a singing bowl. Singing bowl. And, and this um, thing here is interesting. This is a steel tongue drum. Yeah, not too close to the mic, but Jimmy. Okay, great, no, great. no, no. I just wanted to oh, show it. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just this little gizmo. I received this as a Christmas present from my sister. She knows I love things that make noises, and this is like a no-brainer, untuned instrument. But it's tonal, if that makes any sense. That is cool. And um, it's a meditation thing. trip oh, out on this. Really I see cool. some numbers there. You put those numbers there? Or? Well, it, it came with a little booklet 
that said, this is how to play this, and you bend the tongues in and out uh, to change the pitch slightly, but I, it, it's like, look, it's a little tiny desktop ornament. It plays like bells, like weird Christmas bells, like, you yeah. know. So you can tune it up with it by pressing on the... Right, yeah, you bend them. Bend it, bend it. Yeah, okay. but I'm like, ah, just screw it. Sounds cre it's good uh, creepy background music like you know kids singing oh, yeah. in horror in horror movies. Okay, yeah, yeah. You can maybe do something with that one. Yeah, day. for sure, for sure. It That'd reminded me a little bit of. Um, uh, did you ever see the movie Microcosmos? Bad with names, but it's possible. Okay, it's, it's, it's a French movie. I think it came out like European. I think it came out in '96. Okay, and it's called uh, Le Peuple de Herbe, the people of the of the grass. Okay. And it's kind of set up like a day in the life of insects, but it's not a day in the life. It's all sorts of insects from all over the world. The music, the opening theme is so creepy. Oh, yeah. It is just, it's like Cirque du Soleil when like meat hooks and chainsaws, like it's just really nasty. Or what's his name, that producer Haunting. that did uh, that one Batman with the penguin um, and he did uh, Beetlejuice. Uh, he's very dark. His stuff is very dark. It's kind of reminding me of that. Right. Was, I forget it was. Somebody will mention it in the comments, hopefully. Cause Good. I'm not Good. That that's, that's what the audience is for. Please help us. I'm not that us. swift with my brain anymore. But hey, we get by with what we got, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about music. You Apparently, you're, you're quite the established musician with a lot of talent and some great experiences. Well, me, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not a professional musician to start with. Uh, but I always like music, the rhythms. Uh, uh, I like the percussion, and uh, now I'm uh, doing some. Uh, how can I put it? I just experimenting with the ukulele That's by cool. myself, uh, like I watching tutorials and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. But, well, uh, let me hear your ukulele. Oh, my uke is right here. Just easy on the volume because your mic is really hot. Uh huh. Okay. But uh, I would like to hear the uke. It'd be cool. So, this is the uke. Beautiful. That was really cool. Awesome, the spot man. jam. That is all right. so well, I think sharp. we're going to do a few more of those today because we're all three musicians and I think we love music. And for anybody who doesn't know, uh, James is an incredible drummer. Uh, he's a multi-talented percussionist. In in incredibly unknown. Well, that, well, you know, that doesn't matter. I, I, I've been playing guitar That's since I'm 13. Uh, I have a small studio in my apartment, and me and James do some recordings together, and maybe uh, Vladimir will join us one day with some percussions. I, I'm looking forward. So, 
We're going to probably talk a lot about music, and also James always has something interesting to say that flies off the top of his head. And I okay, well, I forgot my notes. Oh, jeez, you didn't look at your notes last time. I know. So you don't need notes. You got to get over that fear factor. Okay. He's spazzing I, I as you can't see it. If you're listening I, on if you're listening on the audio podcast, I think James looks like he's about to pass out. <laughs> I thought rabbit eye movement was supposed to happen when you're asleep. Yeah. Right. You might be sleeping. We might all right. be sleeping. That's an interesting topic. Not for today, maybe, unless you want to, but that whole idea that this is all a dream and you're part of my dream or I'm part of yours doesn't really, you know or part of each other's yeah. dream in a multi universe way, you know. So You know, yeah. now that you mentioned that, I was thinking one point of the last month, I don't know, that when we die, we wake up. Oh my God, I've thought of that too. That is so cool, eh? We wake up, we, we wake, wake up, up to, I don't know what. To wherever we're but, from. But we wake up, of the, all this thing was a dream. Yeah. yeah. In the uh, 1974 production Masterpiece Theater of I, Claudius, the death scene where Emperor Claudius is dying is the very last scene of the movie, and he gets revis- revisited by the specter of the Sibyl, which was a prophecy, um, an oracle that uh, Romans would go to. And he's not realizing he's dead. He thinks, he, he goes, oh, but I still fooled him. And she goes, no, you're as dead as dead can be. And... He asks about what's going to happen and all that, and she goes, all right, it's time to go. Close your eyes. It's only a short step across the river, and then you'll dream a completely different dream. That's what she said. That is so cool. Yeah, and it was really, like, creepy. Like, she's this gold-masked specter hanging in the shadows, and... um, well, that you know, the Matrix was a good dream Hollywood makeup, the, the good made-up story. But the the theme of the Matrix, take away all the sci-fi stuff and the weird stuff of you know being in pods and all that, the Matrix could be our awake world or our sleep world. Yeah. It could be as I notice glitches sometimes, <laughs> and it, I always wonder. Is this the Matrix? Because that that shouldn't have happened. Or why did that do that? Or do you ever have those moments where you go, "That's weird." Like, what is that? You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah, and I, I think we all have, and, and it's it makes you think. Like, are we in that dream state, like you said? And we're gonna wake up one day. I hope you're right, because I'd like to wake up to wherever I was. And they're gonna be so cool. And 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 like and like you said, maybe it's a, a series of dreams. Yeah. That you're gonna go through, and that. Our existence is not physical at all. Maybe well, the physical Brian, world is the world where dreams happen. And the yes. real world is somewhere else where we really are, but it's not a physical place, so we dream to experience life. Dimensional yeah, perception. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I'm not a religious man, but I have read the Bible a lot. Back when I was younger, I was very curious in theology. And um, other religions and other philosophies in they intend to imply that God made himself exist in a, in a material world through us. So it's like we're part of his dream. So there's multiple layers of dreams within the dream, you know? Yeah. That, could be a, that could be a good movie. I, I, or a song. Uh, there's a psychiatrist named Brian L. Weiss, I believe. is in New York City, and in the 60s, he wrote a book called uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, 
And it was a story of him treating one of his patients who had anxiety, and the only way he could end up uh, treating her was with hypnosis. Interesting. And under hypnosis, she went to this whole past life experience where she was an ancient Egyptian priestess, and, uh, and the people she was meeting in her life now were other characters in past lives. And she described this whole, like, after-death realm. Mm -hmm. It's not heaven. It's a place where you're met by a guide. And there's a hierarchy of guides that determine whether you get sent back for another earthly experience or you get remedial training if you're not really roadworthy. You know? <laughs> I like that. And the cool thing I thought was um, they described meeting people in your current life. You're like grapes on a vine. You keep popping up. It's always the same vine, but different incarnations. So it's like a reunion every time. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. And like a sister may appear as a brother or whatever. Oh, I got a story for you. Go. When my daughter was about three, two and a half, three, when she was talking, she was just newly talking or developing her, ling her linguistic skills. And every night when she, I put her to bed and we talk a little bit. And one, and I always found my daughter was a lot like my grandmother. Okay. In weird ways. And my grandmother passed away in the 90s. My daughter was born in 2000s in the 2000s so she says to me and this is word for word she goes daddy do you remember when I was the mommy and mommy was the little girl jeez wow yeah, yeah. now if my daughter yeah. hears this she's probably going to be oh my god how can you mention me in the podcast but it's an interesting story oh, of yeah. a, well story it's, it's an experience that I had that was mind blowing yeah. and it makes you think you know it's like everybody's in your life for a reason and do you ever notice sometimes you're attracted and have the best relationship with the most annoying people and you can't understand why you're connected to that person because yeah, the they drive I never you, wanted. Yeah. yeah they drive you crazy <laughs> but you can't live without them because they're part of your life that kind of makes sense with this whole grapevine thing yeah know? yeah wow yeah i feel the same way about my son uh he reminds me so much of my second oldest brother Wow. And a physical incarnation, but yeah. as well as just attitude and natural abilities and stuff, yeah. It's interesting because, like, we're up to 8.5 billion people. So you make makes you wonder how many souls are out there that are I don't interacting. Think it's a production line. It's not a production line, no, but it's, it's, um, it's like a vine. It just keeps growing, right? Mm. And there's new pods that come out, well, new energy breaks, has right? to be conserved. I mean, that's or, the and, law of physics. But I think also created, because there has to be new souls. Like some people, you can tell their level of understanding maturity, no matter how old they are, is not quite the same as not other people. Not quite baked. <laughs> yeah, not, you know, a little green, you know, not like we're in aviation, and green means you're not ready for flight yet, right? We're not yes. even in pre-flight. We're green, we're on the assembly line. And some people don't make it to pre-flight, unfortunately, but some people do. And it makes you wonder... The hilarious, part. your screen behind you is green <laughs> as you're talking about that. Well, but it makes you think, like, if, if life is like an assembly line, then pre-flight is the last stage before you fly and wake up, like you were saying. Wow. That's a cool concept. We should write this down while it's on, it's on <laughs> recorded. recorded. It's recorded, so we don't have Sorry. to worry about that. We can, uh, you can access any of these uh, archived podcasts by um, uh, contacting Langley. 
I'm sure they're monitoring. So, uh, <laughs> don't hi forget, guys. Don't forget CSIS. I actually got a listener in Ottawa and a listener in in, in Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, well, no kidding. Yeah, and one in Brussels. I don't know about that one. I don't, I don't know who that one is yet. If you're the one in Brussels, leave a comment. I'd like to know who you are. And also the one in well, anybody who's listening, I'd like to know who you are. Just leave comments because uh, that's part of the whole show. Is conversations. It's not between us only. Those conversations are between the listeners sure. and the and the viewers because this is podcast on audio and video. Yes. So that's interesting. So yeah, we're we're a grapevine. Yeah, man. Puts a whole new meaning to her to the grapevine. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know who made that? Okay, Marvin Gaye made that really famous, right? His recording of it. Yes. I found a better recording. Yeah. Gladys Knight and the Pips. I haven't heard that one. And yeah, it's not as well known, and they totally change the uh, the the groove of it. Yeah, and it's way better. Hmm. It's way better. Like the other one, I mean, it's uh, it's amazing, but it got way too much airtime, and but you just about, got tired of hearing it. You know. What about CCR's version? It's, it's similar jam. to Marvin Gaye's. It's a the very Gladys nice Knight, jam. Gladys Knight and the Pips is completely different. Cool. Yeah, that's right. I have to hear that, but yeah. It, it is similar to like said, when I first heard it, I went, "That's really cool." What mm. is that? And it took like the first uh, ten bars before I went, "Oh, no way!" Okay. I like the idea of covers done by people that have a different twist on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I mean, I, I come back to Zeppelin a lot and, and Hendrix, especially Hendrix. I mean, all along the Watchtower, Bob Dylan and Jimi Hendrix, two different songs. Completely. You know, uh, Days and Confused Yardbirds, two different songs. Uh, I mean, some of the songs they redo, like Whole Lot of Love is an old Muddy Waters tune that was just really? very simple, and they just wow. turned it into this, you know, riffosaurus. Yeah, riffosaurus. <laughs> I like that. Do you remember when Jimmy Page came in on the double-decker bus at the closing ceremonies of the Beijing Olympics? That was awesome. It was like... China just put on the most incredible closing ceremony. That I mean, awesome. it was Cirque du Soleil on steroids in a stadium <laughs> yeah. size capacity. Yeah. And you're going, England's, London's next. What the hell can, how can you top that? Yeah. And they sent in one guy with a guitar. And a chick. he ripped that stadium a new... Yeah. You know what? Because it was Lady Gaga that sang it, or no? no. Somebody. It was, a, some, it was a black singer woman. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. don't. I, I know she was popular. I, I knew the name. But when man, I heard it. that was just like game over. Yeah. That's it. Okay, China. No matter what you did, yeah. you don't whoop Led Zeppelin. And being played live by the, it was just it. Just took it that on a double like decker bus on top of it. Yeah, that was you know that was yeah. They came out of the roof. Anybody listening who hasn't seen that you should look it up on YouTube. It's just if you're a Zeppelin yeah. fan or just a, a fan of you know, entertainment in general, it's really cool. Like some of those events, I remember. Oh my God, it was the uh, oh. Did you lose a signal? Yeah, it's good, but we got everything else going. Okay, I um, uh, I was watching the, the Nagano Olympics, the Winter Olympics. Yeah, and when they did the closing. They had uh, Seiji Ozawa conducting a symphony. Yeah. Beethoven's Ninth, Ode to Joy, right? Yeah. And they, everybody in the in the uh, in the stands in the stadium, they all had cards and they were singing in German. All these Japanese people singing in German. Interesting. Now there was the symphony, there was the choir, there were the soloists, the vocal soloists in the stadium, and everybody singing. But there was also an equivalent orchestra in South Africa. There was an equivalent orchestra in Australia. There was an equivalent orchestra in London, 
Boston, Chicago, and New York, Jeez. and San Francisco, all simulcasting, playing the same thing in synchronicity around the globe. That's a logistical nightmare. It is freaky. Some places are nighttime, some places are day, and it's one of the most incredible YouTubes you could ever watch. And at the end, when Seiji Ozawa ends it, you know, and the whole place is quite, he gets this look on his face, and I looked at him and I thought to myself, you just conducted the largest symphony on the planet ever. Ever. And I thought, if aliens are watching us, let this be the moment, because this is when we're at our best. Yeah. That it was, it's so moving. It's either that or Lucille Ball. <laughs> you know that Lucille Ball is one of the, well, no, the Olympics, the German Olympics was the first thing that was ever broadcast. Yes, yes. And that, if they ever see anything, they probably turned around. <laughs> well, After that. Did, did you ever see the movie, Con or read the book Contact? Yes, that's Carl great. Sagan's yeah. last uh, yeah. work, right? That's awesome. And uh, yeah, that was the very first television, in, television signal embedded in the message they got from Vega System. Yeah. And it was uh, the Fuhrer saying, I declare the 36 Olympics open, welcome to Germany, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And the security agencies that were monitoring this uh, SETI uh, installation were like, okay, that's enough. Uh, and they were calling in the soldiers. It's like, whoa, panic yeah. mode. No kidding. What eh? the hell? But chronologically, that's the first signal yep. that went out. What it so, is, yeah. And it makes sense that that's what physics. they would hear, you know. Yeah, that was a good movie. Uh, Contact. Mm. That was really good. I, I Brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant. The it, book was amazing. It, it gets confusing sometimes, but just because they're throwing so much at you. Yeah. You know. I there were some changes from the book to the movie. In the movie, uh, Jodie Foster was solo. In the book, there are five uh, humans. Mm -hmm. But the same thing. You drop through. Eighteen hours time elapse. No record. Like, it, for them, it was instantaneous. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And where she went blows my mind. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, a lot of people, like, uh, try and imagine what things are like that we haven't seen. And I think it's impossible because we don't have that capacity. It's like if there's such thing as heaven, you know, like after death. Uh, I always say that every person, every religion, every culture is going to be surprised. Nothing is going to be like anything we already imagined. Yes. Because how can we? Our minds not. We we can barely imagine peace on earth, let alone something that's just, just, magnificent. John just, Lennon said, wrote a song called "Imagine." Yeah. Just you have the, you understand the possibility that there's nothing that's going to be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> because everybody who believes in this and that, yeah. and we go there. There's nothing. But know? the good thing about nothing is you won't know. So yeah. it's like falling asleep and that's it, it's exactly, done. Exactly, exactly. But if you fall asleep, you end up dreaming. So your concept before, when you dream, you're actually in your real, uh, part of your reality that's somewhere else, you know? Because I find dreams, well, I mean, the scientific analysis of dreams is that it's the subconscious telling you things that you've seen subconsciously that your brain can't handle in a conscious state, so it reminds you while you're sleeping. But uh, I think it... <coughs> Thank you, pardon. I think it goes further than that, you know. I think your th you know, what you were saying makes a lot of sense. What do you think about dreams, James? Ooh, sometimes the reception's very good. Sometimes the uh, there are way too many commercials. <laughs> but what's your concept of what a dream is? 
Oh, um, I think it's just uh, my brain unscrambling a whole bunch of uh, concerns. Some data, yeah. Yeah. Defragging your hard drive. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's part of it, big part of it. It's maintenance. But I, I also, I'm a very spiritual person. I believe there's also a spiritual aspect, aspect to dream. I think you get information. So, sometimes, sometimes it's like a connected to why you have been living in those mm -hmm. days or whatever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes comes with things like a, out of nowhere. Like, okay, oh, yeah. What yeah, is yeah. this? <laughs> I had a dream once. Uh, I, I, I've been listening to uh, radio shows since I'm a kid and late night stuff and they always talk about conspiracies and UFOs and all kinds of scary stuff and I never dream about that and you and, and I've watched a lot of horror movies and I never dream about that and some people say oh you shouldn't watch that you're going to have a nightmare I've never had that but one time I had this dream and it involved where we work uh, building 310 was being occupied by some alien race Hurting in all oh, management, the, yeah, hurting in all the employees, and they had like massive weapons. They were lizard looking, and there were ships hovering over the 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 shop and the everything. Plan, yeah. And I was like, "This is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good movie." So oh, I man. can see uh, Leia has hey, come to sweetie. visit. My favorite kitty. I asked her before if she was going to join the podcast because she's done it before. Yeah, and look, she wants to she be was here. On last time. Yeah, there's the cat. Mustachio kitty. Who's that? You like Vladimir. cats, uh, Vladimir? I'm more like a dog uh, guy. Well, yeah, I have no problem with the cats. Yeah, yeah I'm a cat guy. I'm not yeah. a dog guy. There's, there's two kinds of people, eh? Yeah, I guess. Cats or dogs? Elvis or Beatles? Yeah. Zeppelin or the Stones? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. You know, uh, well, I'm 61 year old and uh, I love dogs. I never have a lot of my own dog in my life. No, eh? And I live in an apartment, so it's very hard. You know? Yeah. And sometimes I travel like to Panama for two months or whatever. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I really would like that before I die to have a dog. <laughs> my apartment is uh, dog friendly. There are a lot. And some breeds are okay with mm -hmm. apartment living, and some there's a lot that are inappropriate. Whoa. Like it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's rough for the beasties. I think a retriever should never be left alone. Or in a house by itself, they need to run. Yes. They need to to check the perimeter. Yeah, that, that, they you know, the they thing, all yeah. have their 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 role. Their drives. Life, you, know? yeah. you cannot have a dog to have it like that in an apartment. No, no it's, it's, it's almost cruel. Cool. And, uh, and and just to, if you go to work, you leave them alone for eight nine hours. <sighs> no, you need you need two dogs. Huh? You cannot have one. Okay. Because they they keep company. Okay, okay, okay. One dog, you it's like a torture. You leave the dog alone. Yeah, but sometimes they're good like you say with another dog and they do but some dogs are okay alone but a lot of them aren't and no I think they, no, they're very social animals cats they are need different that. they need that company they need connection communicate uh, uh, not communication but uh, to socialize you know mm -hmm. yeah. when I was in Panama my family they have, we have a dog that the dog we were at, at, the, at the house we were uh, a lot of people we were like eight people or whatever and that dog love it when you we're going out, he, he, you know, he see the movement like, okay, people are getting ready to go somewhere. So he was like getting ready to, you know. So you open the car, the door of the car, he was the first one to jump in. But when he was not in the plan to be bring with us, we keep it away, whatever, we're going for the for the day sometime, to spend the day of uh, one of our aunts or whatever. And we're coming back, he was going in the, on the on the table, the dinner table, and sleep there. It never does that when we were there. 
It's like, okay, you leave me alone. Yeah, he's go, he was going to punish you. So, yeah, so, so we know that because when we get in the car, we have the driveway and we have the window and we can see the table. And when he's when he hears the car, he jumps. You can you can see he jumps from the table. Uh huh. He was sleeping. Little devil. Yeah. That's so. So funny. he can see you from the table. Yeah, he could see. So maybe car, that's why he sleeps there, coming, so, so he can watch for you exactly. coming home. Well, you remember the story I told you about the dog and the woman who went to read a book in the park? Yes, yes. The dog got up and went to the door the moment she started walking home because they filmed it on both sides. I mentioned this in another podcast. I won't go through the whole story, but they know. Yeah, yeah they know. They, they have know. a they have a six sixth sixth like number six right? Six yeah. Cents, yeah, not a sixth sense because that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Amazing. They, they, uh, like that dog it, with us at home, it will never do something like that. Never, nah. never, ever. Nah, nah. No, yeah, they know. He was along. Oh, they, I think they play dumb sometimes. Like they're yeah, way yeah. smarter than yeah. they let on. So we go, oh, well, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm sure dog? if they were two dogs nah. at that point, they were two dogs. It would not behave like that. It would be into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Or they would both do something bad together and say, look what we can do. <laughs> it could be, but I don't know. I don't want to you always have that one dog that, that influences the other dog to do bad things, you know? Just like people. We all have that one friend who says, come on, let's just do it, you know? We'll be fine. Have you seen the videos in the Instagram or whatever, like, uh, the other dog, like, hey, who did this? Who destroyed my shoes? And then the other one was like, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he did it. He did it. He tells the tattletales. Who the warriors? Yeah, and the one who's guilty always puts his head yeah, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. That's so, so funny. So they know. They have a good light, good communication understanding. Well, they have a certain amount of words they understand, right? Yes. For sure. So do cats, but the things with cats, they don't talk. Like, dogs will talk. They'll, yeah. They'll, when a cat meows, all he wants is something. Right. He doesn't talk just for talking. Cats are more intuitive. They understand how you feel. And you could be wanting to pet a cat, but you're agitated inside and the cat will feel it. It won't come to you. But if you're calm, it'll come to you. Hmm. Cats pick up your vibe big time. I mean, I've had cats all my life, so I've noticed this. It's hmm. like, they when you're sad, they'll come up and snuggle with you. Hmm. They're, they're amazing. That It's crazy. And dogs hmm. are the same way too. Yeah. But it's just that cats don't communicate as much as dogs do. They don't understand as many words as dogs do. My cat knows move. If I say move, if I'm coming towards a chair and I say move, she gets off. Really? Yeah. Huh. And she's like a dog, but she meets me at the door. She knows I'm coming too. So yeah, yeah I, I, I had a neighbor once, a nice young lady, and she had a cat named Merlin. And I think she had a big witch stick as well in her place. It was. Kind I dated of, a girl like that once. Yeah. And uh, she fit the bill. Anyway, the first time, when I was over at her place having coffee one day, and uh, I go, oh, you have a cat? She goes, yeah, yeah. She goes, Merlin, get it. And the cat came over on the first call. I was like, okay, that's unusual. That's well-trained. Is this a circus cat? <laughs> a special trained circus? I've heard of these. Russian trained circus cat. Got to be the Russian cats. Those oh, of course. Russian of course, they had the masters best, of right? circus Yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Not yeah. just entertainment. I understand. <laughs> you know, I, I read up something the other day. Uh, which countries in the world have never been uh, uh, colonized? Mm -hmm. Now, Russia has never been colonized, but it's been conquered. Yes. Japan has never been colonized. And um, there was another another one. I can't remember. Anyway, it was very interesting. Like, because the whole... 
we talk about this a lot. The yeah, whole yeah. Uh, imperial expansion, right up from the time sailing ships were uh, making their mark in the 14th and 15th centuries, and uh, well, even before that in Roman times, but uh, whatever. Well, the a- advent of increased uh, travel capacity has increased the amount of imperialism. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, a venue, a, a vehicle to get to where you're going to get more land and stuff. Mm. An interesting point that I not point, but uh, something I, I was uh, saw yesterday. Uh, you, you know what's going on in Texas, right? They're yeah, blocking the border. Yeah, up. they want to separate from the states. Yeah, and did you know? And this is just hypothetical. Did you know that if they did, they would be the forty fifth richest country in the world? Really? They would have a bigger economy than Russia. Good lord! And they have one of the most high. Um, Highly paid, like rich people, they have one of the some of the most rich people in one place in the world. Hmm. That would be an interesting situation, eh? Yeah, something that I would like to see. Well, it's yeah, secession has been on the books for a while for Texas. Don't mess with Texas, Lone Star State, all that. Yeah, you were the first one to tell me a couple of weeks ago when that was coming up, and I was like, oh, and then sure enough, then it's all over the news, and I'm like, wow, Um, I'm wondering when Taylor Swift's going to weigh in on this. (laughs) Because, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, the hating that's going on. Yeah. I Every mean, football this, uh, game, though, I have to, I, I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I actually admire her. She gave $200,000 to every truck driver on her tour yes, as a bonus. Absolutely. So she's a good person. It's the media. It's not her, it's the oh, media. Yeah, I think circus. Soaking yeah. every drop of. Of course. That can get out of her. I watch football, and every time the Chiefs play, they show her like four or five times. Yeah. Once is enough. Once is enough. Ah. I mean, you, you, hey man, what's a news story made of? Scandal, violence, celebrity, sex. Yeah, those four legs make up a news story. Yeah, if it's got one of those legs, it'll be in the twenty-four hour cycle. If it's got two or more of those legs, it's going to be around for a while. Perpetual yeah. news. Yeah, I mean the OJ thing. The who's the Canadian runner Ben Johnson? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean it's just like. After a while, but enough man. is enough. Too much is too much. I mean, look, let her have her own life. She's, what was the, the Kim Bassinger thing? She was uh, advocating for save the timber wolves, and a whole bunch of there was a conference at some place in the northwestern United States, and she was going to be there. Yeah, and there were tons of uh, scientists and researchers and experts on the habits of this this species of wolf, and they were getting no media coverage. Kim Bassinger shows up. There's all sorts of media coverage. That's the hook. And one guy said to the other, um, what does she know about a timber wolf that these experts don't? And he said, nothing. But the media will show up because he, he's here. And that's why the scientists invited her, because they know this. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's how it works. Yeah, That's how it works. Publicity. Yeah. So let's talk about music again. Um, you brought some toys. I did. So I got the steel tongue drum, yeah, which uh, was played before. This is a Tibetan singing bowl, and you can either strike it. It's a meditation thing, and um, or you can do the the finger on the wine glass thing. Oh wow! Do you, do you have to hit it once and then goes around? No. Or, no? No, you can start from cold. No. Oh wow! Starting to feel sedated. You get it louder, right? 
I'm not so pushing so, hard so either. The microphone. That is cool. And this is supposed to affect uh, your chakras and vibration and stuff. I just, I collected it because I collect, I love to collect odd instruments, especially anything that you hit and makes a noise, like a percussion instrument. And you collect odd friends like me. There you go. <laughs> I'm beginning to detect a pattern here. Yeah. Yeah. So what else did you bring? Um, I brought... Uh, a djembe. A djembe. Well, we'll save that one for last because you got to displace yourself. Right. And this symbol. It is cool. A couple of different kinds of symbols. This is called an ozone symbol because it's full of O's. And um, I last time... Sorry, go ahead. Is this, is this to play with a stick or you can play uh, with your hand too? Either. Jesus, Lord. Okay. Yeah, uh, last time we did a podcast that talked about buying symbols, and it's one of the... You cannot buy symbols online. Do not do that, because you need to know the qualities. Everyone is going to be completely unique. Yeah. And one of the things I do is I won't use a stick in the store. I'll just, with the edge of my thumb, and that will tell me the speed of the crescendo. Okay? And I picked this one with less material. It's got a very fast... Um, it, it gets very bright very quickly, but diminishes really quickly. It's got that that wave kind of gong, yeah, mini gong. It's really uh, cool. And you get some really wicked rolls out of this. It's got that, yeah. Now there's that kind of symbol. You're gonna pop my processor in my computer. <laughs> Sorry, dude. There's that kind of symbol. And then there's a traditional. This is a 16-inch uh, uh, medium crash. Cool. Again, completely different. It's a little more bronzy, a little deeper in tone. I but love the cool it. thing you can do with this, with this one, it doesn't work so good with the ozone one. Oh my goodness! Let's see if I can get this here. I had a friend who had a cello once, nice. and I got to mess around with it. And then I thought, what if I take this and use it on the edge of a symbol as if the symbol was a straight. So you stabilize the, uh, the bell and just draw it on the edge. Wow. You can get all these really creepy, dark... um, We're going to have to incorporate that into a song sometime when you jam here. Bow needs to be tightened up a bit here. It's going to be better. That is really cool. Anyway, it's a a very subtle sound. That's somewhere else that just came to your head, like, okay, let's try this. I might have seen it at a at a in a like a classical percussion section. Wow! Where I can't remember that. ever seeing First that on stage. That. Yeah. Well, that's like the bow in uh, Days of Confused when he came out with that. That was like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the bow on a guitar. <laughs> the the bow it's not it's a little it's old it's it needs to be tensed up a little bit and um, I, I've gotten more screechy sounds out of it and uh, I need to you got to put wax on the on the bow. And yeah. I couldn't find it, so... Yeah. Anyway. 
I have a couple of bows that my friend gave me and or lent to me, and they need to be tightened more. They're starting to get loose, and it needs the wax because yeah. I tried on the guitar. Nope. It doesn't do a nope. great job. And I I, re- I heard somewhere that when they were on tour, he'd use one to three bows. Uh, per per night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They they shred up because he, when he bangs it, all, you can see in the in the video the song yep. remains the same. It's all shredding, you know. Yeah. But not per night, but it it it, it would last not more than two shows. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, they're not. Uh, they're not fencing quality. But playing the violin, I always love the timber of a violin. It's just a beautiful sound. Yes, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I it's just incredible. love that. I, I don't know if I, I, I might try it one day because I just think it's an awesome. And also the ukulele, you you, you made me think about that. That's an interesting <laughs> thing. I'd get an electric one though. That'd be cool. Yeah, plug that into I'll a fuzz, you know. One. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you get the one that you ordered. Yeah, he showed me the picture of this custom-made ukulele from uh, an artist in Nicaragua. And it is beautiful. The Love inlay work, uh, woodwork. Oh my god! Well, you'll be invited back for sure, so you can bring it next time. Well, I ordered. We'll see when I get it. So you wanna? We're gonna play a little bit more, or? Yeah, you guys want to jam? Go for it. I'm gonna. I would like to do something with uh, James in the gym bay. Sure. Just be careful. Oops, don't. Just be mindful of the volume because you make so hot. Yeah. An extra punch. Just be careful with the volume, that's all. For the neighbors? No, for the microphones. The mics? Okay. Yeah. I'll spend three hours editing the audio. Yeah, because <laughs> it's still it, this is very loud. Or you, uh, you follow me? Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. 
That was that was nice. Right, you know, done, man. I, yeah, the first sweet. time I really saw live ukulele, I've never seen you play live. That's really sweet. Um, I was in uh, I was on Molokai. It was a Sunday morning church service at this cafe, outdoor kind of like center of town kind of thing. A very sparsely populated island in, in the Hawaiian Islands, and um, there were a dozen little old Japanese ladies in sundresses with big straw hats and they all had ukuleles and it was a Sunday morning kind of a church service and they were all playing and singing in Hawaiian language hmm. all these ukuleles and somebody this other woman had it looked like um, like as if you took the spine of something and put it down curved like or hung it up on a rack and it was like untuned xylophone Oh, wow. And she was playing it like a glockenspiel. It was this curved thing. Oh, my God. The sound was amazing. Anyway, ukulele, very powerful instrument. Very I mean, cool. ask, ask uh, Linda Makuchi. Linda Makuchi. Linda Makuchi. Don't know her. Garfunkel and Oates? The, the, the ukulele? Garfunkel and Oates? Yeah. There's these two comedian women. Oh, no. They make up songs, and one plays acoustic guitar, the other one... Oh, that rings a bell. No, the ukulele, yeah. like uh, like in the fifties or something, fifties uh, or sixties, was like a, becoming popular and then disappeared. I remember. When and I now, was like a kid, it's yeah. coming back. Uh, you you check on the on the YouTube or whatever, all kind of lesson, all kind of people doing fantastic things with it, with four four strings. Uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah, and uh, all, all type of different ukuleles coming out too. Oh yeah, I have a friend who. Uh, plays ukulele and she has a group of ukulele players mm -hmm. called Ukular Disaster. <laughs> wow. That is such a great name. I have to go to see that. Yeah. I have to go to see that. Yeah, they play here in Hudson sometimes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're at the uh, music festival every year, I think. Well, they were yeah. last year, I remember that. Yeah, very interesting. Ukulele. Maybe have some videos on the internet, maybe. That sounds cool. They might have some videos on the internet to, to check for. Yeah. 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 Wow. What a great name. It, finding a name for a band is so hard for me it's like you have a good name I think it's good but it, like when um, the same thing when I put down a password mm -hmm. I've had problems with passwords because to oh, yeah. me it means something to everybody else they're like why would you pick that word <laughs> like that's it's okay for you but us we don't understand it because it's so I don't know. Eclectic. You're, and it just doesn't passwords work. Passwords are like not pronounceable like or spellable. It's copy-paste yeah. only. It's like there's, you know, 15 consonants and two vowels, and that's the word. It's like, what the heck is that? Sorry. That's, no, that's, the, that's the beauty of James. That's just who you are. We love you the way you are, James. You brought the, you brought your balls with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. These are balding. Chinese musical balls, by the way, in case anyone's getting some wrong ideas. They, um, first of all, life's tough. Everyone needs a second set. Mm. These are made of steel. Even better. Um, I use these. I've, I've had this particular pair for probably 35 years. And um, for me, they help maintain dexterity, strength, uh, reportedly control, help uh, control blood pressure. And uh, I'm a mechanic by trade, work with my hands all the time, I find this really improves dexterity. Um, they're inexpensive, they're like $15 at today's yeah. prices. I have a set of those too. The problem is, you, it's hard to find large. Yeah. All the ones I find now in a store are smaller and... Well, the size, that's the same size as I have. Yeah. 
You go through the small ones, you burn them out real fast. Yeah. You need, um, yeah. Anyway, you need to do two hands at once. It's uh, so kind of like a uke and balls song. <laughs> uke and balls. Uke and balls. I like that. Nice. We have very talented people here today. <laughs> I feel I feel left out. <laughs> Why? No, no. Plug in your plug uh, in your I, axe, I, man. I'm not set up for the sound. Yeah. But uh, we'll do that another another time. We'll rearrange the uh, the situation where we can do that. I think we should find a, a time to try to make a theme for the for the. Uh, for the theme song. Well, I already song. have one that I did with a buddy of mine. It's, okay, it's called that, okay, okay, okay. Finger Killer. But uh, I'm open to adding other stuff as I go along, so we can work on Maybe something. Maybe a little bit more acoustic or whatever. You know? Yeah, that would be kind of cool. It could be the intro to different episodes and stuff like that. You know, that's that's a great idea. I, I'm set up now so I can actually videotape us jamming in the studio. Right on. So we could actually do a podcast that's only jamming. You know, that would be really cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. Like three cameras, idea. three people. Let's do it. Yeah, man. You brought right. a cajon too, eh? Yep. He has one here too. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a real fun instrument. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the the snares on the inside of it is just it's it's so subtle, portable. Anything you play percussion wise, mm -hmm. if you gotta carry it, it becomes a drag. <laughs> yeah. You know. Well you guys have the worst the drum sets. Yeah. I guess yeah. In a symphony I guess it would be the timpani player and the, the bass fiddle player. I or the piano player. I mean, pianos are nuts too. I, I I think the singers are the luckiest ones. Yeah. Yeah. They just carry a mic and a little pouch, and that's it. And all that guilt. All the guilt. All the guilt. Yes. <laughs> all, all, all you singers, no hating, but you got it good. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. Okay. One time, this guy came at over to camp? my. Eh? One time at band camp. One time at band camp. Um, this guy came over to jam. I was trying to make up a little band. He was a guitarist, really good. And I had the drum set up in my living room. We went over a few things. It was cool. On the way out, I was helping him carry his amp and stuff downstairs. And he met a neighbor. And a very nice young lady named Jessie. And um, I'm going down in the elevator, and she's all dressed up in a soccer uniform. He goes, hey. And this guy was like Parisian French. He goes, hey, you're going to play soccer? She goes, yeah, I have a game tonight. Oh, that's fantastic. What position do you play? And she goes, oh, I'm a goalie. And he goes, ah, that's not the position. <laughs> and it was kind of like, I've heard those kind of derogatory comments. I do not subscribe or agree, yeah. but about singers. When they refer to their instrument, that's not your instrument, it's your voice. No, it is a completely different thing, all respects. Okay. I yeah. I, it's semantics in a way because. But it's deceiving because, like you said, there's nothing. You show up. Yeah. You got it. You got it. You're there. Yeah. I mean, uh, look at acapella groups. Oh, insane! That is insane. That I is love insane. acapella. Insane. There are so many. Yeah. Anything that's chanting. You know, one of the coolest vocal experiences I ever had. Uh, I was. I would do djembe and tambo. It's another kind of instrument. I didn't bring it today. Next time. Um, for this uh, marathon yoga class. Okay. Uh, the yogini I was uh, studying with at the time 
she's the world record holder for most continual continuous yoga. I think she did something retarded like 37 hours straight. Oh my god, I can't even last 30 seconds. <laughs> to practice this, she did 107 sun salutations a day for 107 days. Wow. I guess the Sanskrit numerology, whatever. Yeah. And it was all Guinness World Book recorded and all that, and uh, it's very cool. Anyway, to train for this, the like a couple of days before she did the attempt, there was this marathon yoga class where the objective was to do 40 people doing 107 sun salutations. And she had guest instructors come in. One person would do 10, another person would do another 10, so on and so forth. And this one guy, when his 15 minutes was up or whatever, he had everybody get together and goes, okay, we're all going to do a continual OM. So 40 people in the room. Wow. And he goes, when you run out of air, I want you to start over. So it started at the same time, but it quickly became like oh, this, yeah, right? Is, yeah. It was the coolest sound to hear 40 unsynchronized voices wow. doing a deep vibration chant. It was, it was like, that's neat. And this does not require uh, choral training. Yeah. It's just something that we can do. And it was like, oh, but like everybody was really, oh man. That's pretty cool. I'd it was like sharp. To see that. I'm, it was sharp. I'm going to look that up on YouTube and see if there's any. I hope it's been redone. It's very there. cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's the great thing about YouTube, eh? Is you think of something, oh my you God. look it up, it's right there. I call yeah. it the University of YouTube. I yeah. learned so much stuff off of YouTube. There's a, somebody instructing you. No, you can get anything. a question answer to anything. Did you know that YouTube is the second largest search engine? No. Because people ask YouTube questions. How do I fix the brakes on my F-150? And that's what people use YouTube for mostly. Yeah, hmm. That's what I do. Yeah, everybody does that. That's how do you build a home studio? That's how you, I build a home yeah. studio. You have to repair something or open something that you never have done before. You check for the tutorial. Yeah, I learned how to build guitars and modify guitars through uh, YouTube. It's just an amazing source. And you know, the kids today, and I'm not hating on them, but they have all this access to Oh, hate on them. They're and, horrible. And they always ask questions without looking it up first. Yeah. It's like you have in your hand, which you watch 20 hours a day, the answers to every question in the universe, yes. pretty much, that the known universe, and they still ask questions like, I don't understand, I don't know how to do that. Well, look it up. I mean, we yeah. have libraries, now you have a phone. YouTube could teach you any single thing you want. So I think that's a valuable tool. It's the biggest gift the internet has given us is education and knowledge. But it's not used for that most of the time. It's it's used, you know, for cat videos and online games. Totally worthy. <laughs> cat well, videos. I like cat videos. I love cat videos. I think cat videos make better me than the smile. news. But I don't watch the news anymore. Oh man, it's rough. I only learn about what's going on through TikTok and, and YouTube and uh, right. uh, and uh, Facebook. You know, I figured if it's on Facebook, it's important because if people are talking about it a lot, then you've got to check into it. But if it's big, that's if it's not big, I don't care. I mean, you know, if there's, you know, a, a ship flying over the White House, what, I'll what, find what, out on Facebook. I, I, f uh, I follow the um, Twitter, well, it's not called Twitter anymore. X. X, X Instagram, Facebook. Mostly on, on the X. It's amazing how people, for example, what what's happening in Gaza now. Mm. I know what happened, the, the terrorist attack was terrible. But people don't go beyond. They don't. They don't see the whole package. 
They say, okay, it's a big they, they killed 1,200 people of our, so we're going to kill 25,000 of them. And it's normal. It's like a yes. That's what they should yeah, do. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't pick sides in politics, but I do pick humanity, and I think exactly. humanity Exactly. It's not a matter of picking sides. Yeah. It's a matter of like no. how, in, in what head you can believe, Justify like, okay, that much. you got 25,000 in three months, because they 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 kill one thousand two hundred in, in two days or whatever. Yeah, it's like you know, an eye for an eye stops at one eye, you know. Yeah. And that that's just guarantee that they will keep going. Yeah. That that's it. The, uh, well, the leader over there, uh, Netanyahu, said, "Okay, uh, we're gonna end up with Hamas." You know, no, not really. <laughs> you you already put a lot of seed on the ground, feeding the for, fire for the next uh, I don't know, another yeah. fifty years. Yeah. I, 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 anyway, I, I didn't want to get into that, but no. my point is, my point is, the people like okay, yeah, gay, kill twenty four thousand more because they deserve it. Yeah, there's there's a unbalance. There's there's things that are unbalanced in the world today, um, and it goes for every subject, and, and everything's polarized. It's you're either no, right, it is, or, yeah. it's your right or left. You're down. It's a fifty fifty. It's almost like you know, look at the United States with Texas, twenty six states. Are rooting for Texas. That's half the country. A little more. I don't know about demographically, population-wise, how many people yeah. that comes to, but it's half the states, or more than half the states. It's left and right. It's black and white. It's yes or no. There is no middle ground anymore. And, and the pendulum. That, sorry, the pendulum always swings right past Two extremes. And we had the extreme pendulum you know uh, post uh, second world war that was very like you know we're all the best and everybody else is not and then we went to the 90s where people were sort of like yeah we're all good together and now we're going the other direction like oh you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong i'm really anxious for the pendulum to slow down and kind of reach the middle and just it's just down the middle right now they will say okay you're not with us you're against us yep just like that exactly and th that that excludes intellectual conversation. Exactly. Because you can't you can't uh -huh. not have an idea that's in the middle. You can't be fair. Fairness doesn't count anymore. Oh, you're an extremist, or oh, you're 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 a conspiracy theorist. But I mean, not everything's black and white. Life is mostly gray, in my opinion. I don't know if you guys agree. Black and white is like you know extreme extreme. Gray is really where we're at. Well, we have not everything is clear. Uh, all kind of uh, we call it Spanish matices. It's uh, all kind of tones of colors in between, you know. Yeah. yeah. And all kinds. There's yeah. there's middle. There's a little bit more on one side. There's a little more on the other. And then extremes. Extremes so are we, horrible. We, we have all kinds, you know, and we have yeah. to we have to consider and respect that. I've never yeah. really been good with uh, nuance in relationships. I'm a pretty black and white kind of guy yeah and um, it's uh, somebody very wise said to me once it serves you very well in your job because yes. in aircraft maintenance it is go or no go yeah exactly and being able to see that as quickly as possible while you're desnagging something is an advantage yeah it's not so great dealing with people <laughs> No, because but it works great with machines. People, so are, I'll are stick with it. Zone. I just gotta recognize it. People mm. are complex. Yeah, there's no. It's all gray with people. Yeah, exactly. There's no black and white. And and once you've gotten some well, a read on somebody, time goes by. They'll change. People change, which is normal. Change. I change my pers pers uh, perspectives and priorities. 
have changed. Well, that's why relationships dwindle away because we don't change in the same manner. Some couples are together for 30 years and they change together. Did you ever see Ian Bagg? He's a stand-up comedian. He did a thing. All right. Who here has been married for over 35 years? And people put up their hands and goes, all right, you win. Go out in the parking lot and take uh, whichever car you like. You're the winners. And he says, uh, you, ma'am, how did you uh, meet your husband? Or, uh, sir, how did you meet your wife? You've been 36 years. My God. And he says, uh, the husband replies, I was cruising on East Street. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, cruising on East Street, eh? Okay. You know, you're not supposed to marry the hooker. <laughs> and, oh my God, this guy—he's so funny. Um, you know, his, I, I, his miss, voice is I miss uh, controversial, r rude humor. It's it's um, it, it's it's a perspective to make you think how stupid things are. Yeah. You ever go to the Nasty Show? I've never been, but I've seen oh, clips. Man, is it yeah. worth it? It is great. Because guys like George Carlin would not survive today. They would not be on TV. It's too, it's too controversial. Guys like uh, Andrew Dice Clay. Forget about it. This guy wouldn't survive today. But back in the day, we laughed at it. you're picking on. Well, back in the day, he picked on everybody, an equal opportunity picking on everybody yeah. kind of guy, and he was funny. But now he's not funny anymore. Now he's, he's all those bad things. So we, we the pendulum has gone too far. Like The middle ground, that's why I was saying the 90s, we were kind of, you know... We kind of dipped through the middle, not too slowly, you know. We kind of went right by it, and things got uh, controversial again. But I miss those old humors, like De uh, Dennis. Um, what's that guy? Leary. Dennis Leary. Oh my God! No cure for cancer. That was such a great album. Did you see the movie uh, with uh, Stallone where they're in the future and uh, yeah. everything's owned Demolition by Taco Man. Bell? Demolition Man. Yeah. Wesley uh, Snipes. Yeah. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bull, exactly. He was great in that movie. <laughs> he was fantastic. And he, hit, that was what he said in El that Rata, movie, a rat burger. That was great. Feels good today. What he said in his movie represents a lot of what's going on today. And he goes, "I want my steak. Yeah, I want my double cheeseburger, and I want to smoke a cigar." And yeah, I mean, it might not be the best thing for you, but it's your life. Mm. I just think, you know. If you want to do what you do, do it. I respect anybody's lifestyle. I, I don't care what they do. Just respect mine. You know? And that's where the middle ground is. Let's one all the, be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Be nice to somebody. Don't criticize their differences. Nice. No. You know? Well, and I like saying that. It be hurts nice when, you, when you get in, when you don't get validation from others. And it doesn't mean people are going to fall over. Oh, you're so great. And this and that and this and that. But just a little acknowledgement mm -hmm. goes a long way. Yeah. You know? Definitely. Um, yeah, one of the most disturbing scenes of that movie, Demolition Man, is when yeah. he's riding in the back of the police car and the two officers in the front and they're listening to the radio and it's all the, the golden oldies, but they're commercial jingles. <laughs> like Oscar Mayer Wiener hot dog song. Uh, it was just, I found that so disturbing. It, but it's very funny because it, 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 it's probably a possibility. Well, I compare that today to I'm going to sound like a snob here. The ability of people to listen to different kinds of music. Yeah. We have so much variety now. And 
You know, lack of uh, musical appreciation education. It's not emphasized in school. I don't say people are like, I don't think it's up to them. It's what they get exposed to. You grew up in Central America. Yep. What's it like as a kid? Do you play, like, naturally with friends with bongos and stuff, or...? Not really. Uh, nowadays, uh, it's easier to, to... It's easier, a little bit easier. Like, how did you learn? To, to, to achieve it. Hey, we play with, uh, with, uh, with uh, a bucket or yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, you know? We didn't have real instruments. So, how and then did one, you guy, one guy uh, got a guitar and he learned to play a little bit of guitar and then we started like that, you know, like, okay, the guy with the guitar, the other one with the, with the bucket and uh, a little bit piece of metal that sounded like a cowbell, and, you know, and eventually we started getting things, but uh, we started from, from zero. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> here, here it's yeah. like, yeah. if you have music lessons, it's because... No, no music lessons at all. No, no, but you, mm. if you're exposed to music at all, you got more chances of getting exposed to a local hockey game, or building, or in my day, building a tree fort, riding a bike. Yeah. Okay? But for people to sit around and jam with uh, homemade instruments like you're describing, yeah. Eh. yeah. And that's kind of a drag. You sent me a bunch of videos of like uh, I remember this one. There was this uh, uh, older lady singing, and it was in a little terrace in Cuba somewhere. Yeah. And the playing was fantastic, and it's folk music essentially yeah you know it's all homemade this is not uh but oh my god the understanding of the grooves and the rhythms like i learned rhythms through uh formal classes mm -hmm. when i started playing with vladimir he'd go oh yeah that's a this kind of rhythm oh that's a that kind of rhythm and it okay and so i recognize that your deep understanding your understanding is way more profound than mine of rhythms. You have them named as if they were like uh, uh, spirituals, spiritual uh, entities. Me, I go, well, that's on page 26. It's written down like <laughs> I don't have a name yeah. for the groove. You well, know? we talked about this once before. I, I don't know nothing about music. But when I learn something, I realize, oh, that's what I do. But it's got a name. Yeah. 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 It is something like a, in Latin America, uh, when you're a kid, you go to the birthday parties, mm. and then they tell you, tell, they tell the kid, okay, you, you play the music, salsa, merengue, whatever they play with her, and say, okay, boys and girls, if you don't dance, you have no cake. <laughs> oh! They say that, you know, but it's not like it's true that they wouldn't give it a cake. It's just to motivate them. Yeah. To go to dance, yeah. So you are, you, and then you have the, and you're learning salsa. Yeah, and then you have, you have like the seven-year-old, the eight-year-old, the nine-year-old, whatever boy or girl, and then like, okay, you and you, you put it to dance, and you and, and then uh, some don't want to go, and don't want, and eventually you have like a like a three or four couple of kids dancing, cool. and you, they they do whatever they can because they don't know, but they that the first steps. Yeah, yeah. And when yeah. they when they are twelve, fifteen, hey, they dance they, salsa, they, they look dance amazing, day, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was invited to a wedding, oh God, ages, a million years ago, <coughs> and it was um, a young couple from Trinidad who were getting married, and when everybody started dancing, I was like, wow, I am, I am like a, an amputated turtle. It was so <laughs> bad. I mean, I might as well have been a doorstop. You danced like Elaine on Seinfeld? Oh my God, no. <laughs> 
it was all, and I, man, I said, where did you learn that? You know, like, I took salsa lessons for two years. Wasn't pretty. You know. And then the school burned down. I know, I know, I think. <laughs> that that was the retribution <laughs> in the year. <laughs> Another thing is like when, when I came here, you go like a, a Latino club. Okay, I'm gonna dance. So you have a bunch of people from here, you know, like uh, girls. That girls here they pick up very fast, yeah, the salsa or whatever. You know? But the only problem is for us that we don't grow up like in a, going to school like a one, two, three, yeah. four, five, one, two, three. No, no. You go by your ear and you you follow the you follow the bass you follow the the, the drum yeah. and you you dance with the, with your rhythm intuitively with your rhythm so and then you you, you go to dance with all, all these ladies and then and then like one told me once he told me ah oh, I cannot dance with you like because uh, you don't know how to dance I was like okay <laughs> yeah you well know? that's the structure of things like. Uh, the way I play guitar is unstructured. I, I play what I feel. I don't know what I'm doing. I just do it. So it's sort of the way the mm -hmm. dancing is. Is You just feel it. Like I, I listen to a drum beat and a riff comes out and I just do it. I don't think about it. I don't go, okay, well, this is a certain beat, so I got to do a certain style. I got to do that. No, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. And some people go, oh, wow, you got a, a Latin beat with a rock uh, rhythm. Yeah, well, I don't think about what I'm doing. I just mm -hmm. feel what I'm doing. You know? so it's the same thing for dancing. Yeah. Dancing should be a, a, an expression of freedom, not a, oh, you got to do this step, that step, that step. I don't think, I mean, I understand performance dancing and all that stuff, choreography, which blows my mind. I see these, the, my daughter used to do dance class, and I used to go. I don't know how they memorize routines. Oh, my God. It's a mystery to me. They would do like six songs. Songs, you know, and there would be like each like the higher grade ones would have like six songs to perform, and the younger mm -hmm. ones one or two. But the whole show was like you know thirty songs, and the teacher taught them thirty routines. different choreographed right. routines, and they all remembered them. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you I know, know, my daughter used to dance, and I used to watch her and go, "How do you remember all that?" You forget to take out the garbage, but you know how to dance. <laughs> it's, I know. it's crazy. To further on your story, you said, I can't dance with you because you're not doing it right. Mm. Um, it reminds me, I was lucky enough years ago to train with Tony Blower, greatest self-defense teacher in the world. Believe me, it is. He is. And he said he was teaching a class one night. He was doing a demo, and he says to his uh, assistant student, he goes, okay, grab me. And the guy grabbed him in some weird way. And Tony went, no, no, not like that. You're not doing it right. And then he said, I had a moment. I thought to myself, what do you mean he's not doing it right? What, how do you define a proper grab? Is this going to work in all situations? Or is it only work as a response to a specific situation? Yeah. Does that make it better or worse for real life? Because I don't know anybody as of yet who can predict the future except for maybe Roy he's really smart um, Roy. but you don't know what's gonna happen you don't know how somebody's gonna grab you weird you don't know if somebody's dancing how can you invalidate what they're doing it's it's a thing that happens whether it's an artistic thing whether it's a reflexive thing it's a thing that happens and to say no no that's not how it's no, done for, for that's the so thing, weird for the dancing thing is because uh, they, they use the counting the count yeah. 
Yeah, we, count, we, yeah. we don't count anything. But yeah, no, I know music is mathematics, but uh, we don't count. We, we go with the feeling. Yeah. And then if, if you don't follow that pattern, understanding that pattern, of mathematics. You don't follow the pattern that, that, that they they they, they learn it to. They count, get lost. Not you. Exactly. I bet you weren't lost. No, no, no. I mean, you, you have, were fine. It's like a track. They're in the track, and then if you jump in that track, you have to stay in that track. You cannot get out of that track. Yeah, I never count when I play guitar. I never count. I, you know, and you say, okay, it's an eight bar. Okay, it's eight bars. Well, you just did eight bars. Yeah, I know, but I wasn't counting. I just know it's eight it, bars. Well, or definitely it was, eight, eight bars has a feel because that's what everything has a feel. Four bars, eight bars, six bars, twelve bars. I don't know what I'm doing. And some people say, oh, you changed the count on the second uh, verse. I said, yeah. But it sounds good. Well, yeah, because I don't know what I'm doing. Therefore, I get to do stuff that doesn't make sense that actually sounds good. So I think learning, which is, I have nothing against learning, can inhibit your creativity. Because, oh, you're not supposed to do that chord after that chord. Well, yeah, you are. You can. So learning helps you to explore what you already feel better. But if you play just by learning, then you're not feeling. Because I've jammed with people who are p concert pianists. And I said, let's do a 12-bar blues. Uh, I don't know. I, need I can't. A yeah. I need a piece of paper. Yeah. And the guy was fantastic. So he was a way better musician than I'll ever be. But I enjoy what I do because it's my feelings that are coming out. Yeah. You know, you were saying something on the car ride over here about training new people. We have a lot of new apprentices at uh, work and stuff like that. And Vladimir is, uh, if I may, come back out of retirement to uh, provide uh, expert masterclass coaching to the new apprentices. And um, he said, it's one of the, you said one of the things that's cool is they have no previous experience, so they don't have bad habits to unlearn. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of like if you learn to dance a certain way, if you learn to play music a certain way and you're locked into it, it's a bit of a handicap. Yeah. I, I, that, I that's, think that's what I was trying to say. Art should be so dovetail wide end open. Well, I always you know. I don't consider myself a musician. I consider myself an artist. There you go. And that that's my best definition of what I do. Uh, it's art to me. Yeah. It, it, and I I have like over four hundred compositions on SoundCloud, and they are my musical diary. Mm -hmm. I used to do two three recordings a day when I was going through a hard time in my life, and they were actually three good songs. Your audio journaling. Audio journaling, and and that's where the podcast some people keep a diary. Some people makes sense to me as well, because now I'm using a different medium to express who I am, and I'm sharing that with and you guys. And we are so grateful for that. This is the coolest opportunity I've had in a long time. You know, I've been pushing Jimbe lessons. I started teaching in 2006 with these things um, to grow my own drummers. And um, so I'd have people to play with because I always thought a drummer on stage alone is kind of a lonely existence. And so I knocked on doors and community centers and all sorts of organizations and COVID killed everything. And now I've gotten back into teaching, got a couple of students going well, but this is another way to reach out. And uh, I mentioned it to my son with Kevin's gracious help. He's gonna get. We're gonna get some Jimbe stuff edited and, and put up so people can view it and yeah. join it it's, and jam along with it. It's my pleasure. And um, it's uh, a modern tool 
for something I was trying to do manually for years and years, but the logistics of it are difficult. People are busy with their lives. It's hard for them to get together yeah. for a class. If they can do something at their convenience and they got a little groove to jam along, jam along with, this is a fantastic instrument. You hit it, it makes a noise. It's not like a violin. It's certainly less complex than this ukulele, but it is incredibly subtle. Yeah. It's incredibly subtle and intuitive, and you can get a note out of it right away. Yeah. Uh, if I hand out 20 violins, it's not going to be pretty. No. Yeah. And, and what's interesting, too, about the medium that we're going to use to get that out there for you is you have a captive audience. They are tuning in because they want to watch it. It's yeah, not like yeah, a kid who has to yeah. come to a lesson How because do he I doesn't. Do this? Oh, I feel like playing my game. Do I have to go to my lesson today? And he goes to the lesson. He's not into it. But on YouTube, the person, when they're in the mood, click on you. They're video, searching, yeah. And that's a captive audience. Yeah. yeah, so they're seeking it. You're actually providing something somebody wants as opposed to dragging somebody to a lesson and say, you're going to learn this, you know, which is often the case, you know. So, yeah, I think this is a good medium for you to express that. Thanks. I appreciate the help, man, because I am technically uh, challenged big time. Well, <laughs> I'm challenged in many ways, too. <laughs> we won't get into that. That's another podcast. <laughs> Life is worthless without challenges. Yeah. That's what it might say. <laughs> so I'd like to hear I'm you guys play again. Hey, sorry. I'd like to hear you guys play again. Okay. I, wa I want to hear something else that you brought. You brought toys. Um... Singing bowl, Chinese balls. Oh, Remember? I brought the cowbell. I had planned. Yeah. This is a. That's cool. I go. So softer, softer. This is fun. I like playing off instruments between low and high. Yes, pitches. It's very that's good. that's a cool gizmo. Um, well, what I'd hoped to do was do like a, a one minute demo of a rhythm. Go for it. Um, You've got the floor. It's in three parts. Okay. So is it possible to record one part and then I hear a playback? We'll do that after. Okay. After the podcast, but I'd like you to do something live now as opposed to, you know, like just you guys get into something. Go for it. Just remember the volume because the microphones are going to be very sensitive. Yeah. They're set for the Like voice. red lines out type of thing? Well, because they're set for our voice. They're not oh. set for the instruments. Mm -hmm. So here we go.
That is awesome. Now, how is that tuned? Is it open tuning or is it a standard tuning? What tuning are you in? This is uh, G. G. Uh, C. Yeah. E yeah. and A. Okay, when you play it open, is it a chord? Please, when I play open, this, this oh. is G. No, but strum it all in one shot. So that's a chord. What chord is that, G? No, the uh, G is here. Okay, so you do have to make the this decision. Is C. So it's not an open tuning. Can I, can I try it? Yeah. No, I've never played ukulele, so please be patient with me. I never in my life try anything with string because I always consider I have big hands to, to try strings. Like a, Jimi like, Hendrix had huge hands. Yeah, but I always have that thing in my mind. Like a, I know what you mean. Yeah, same thing, short fingers, so I always stayed away from piano. I had to do piano for a year. That is a uh, tenor ukulele. You have the uh, oh, there's different kinds: soprano, baritone. Yeah, you have the you have the baritone that is it's just like the the first four strings on a guitar. The same uh, tuning, like the the, the first four strings. That's the, interesting. The, I I think I'd like to learn how to play that. See, Maybe you sorry? can give me some lessons one day. <laughs> Well, uh, you know YouTube, what? man. You know what? That's true. Everything is in, in the YouTube, like I said. I'm learning with YouTube. <laughs> I, I don't you. have anyone to give me any lessons. But I, uh, I think I'm going to invest in a ukulele one oh, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how really much? Cool. How much does a model like that go for? I think it's like two hundred something. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. And you can plug it in. There, there's a brand. There's a brand called Kala. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you have Macala. Macala is this, it's the same people, but it's like the cheapest model. Oh, it's like Fender and Squire. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. But yeah. uh, I, have, I have this one. It's With a Gibson Macala yeah. is my. This is my first ukulele, Macala. Mm -hmm. But I have a, a baritone that is is Kala. It's the other. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I have another Kala that is uh, electric. How long have you been playing music since you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much uh, finishing finishing uh, uh, before high school. Just finishing the, the um, elementary. Okay, well that's cool. And you, you, James, you started young. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my first uh, set of uh, drumsticks were um, plastic chopsticks from Chow's takeout <laughs> on the linoleum kitchen floor when there I was about five. Four oh, five. Wow. You my uh, mother was so patient. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. But yeah, I found out I could do a buzz roll with chopsticks, and wow. they were kid size. And they they weren't like today chopsticks are like bamboo. These were. I mean, you yeah. could you could you could defend yourself with these things. They were. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real. Well, you're a natural. I mean, I I've, I watched you play. We've recorded, played jam together and stuff. I mean, you're a natural. I started learning when I was thirteen. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I heard this interview today. It was uh, Andrew Carter's archives. Yeah. And it was a few years ago, in eighteen or something. Um, he interviewed Ian Anderson. Wow. And I thought that was really cool. Usually, it's like mm, whatever. Andrew Carter's done a lot of great interviews. And I'm a huge Jethro Tull fan. And yeah. Ian Anderson picked up the flute when he was 21. Wow. What? Wow. I mean, that's crazy. 
going back to the when I start playing music, I start playing percussion. The ukulele is only for the last maybe two and a half, three years. Okay, so uh, you're new at the ukulele. Okay. I was doing percussion. Uh, like I said before, I always thought I have a big finger for for strings. So mm. I was like, oh, it's gonna be tough for me, you know. For but uh, I I try with the uke and uh, I like it so far. So you're a uke newbie. Oh yeah. You're still a little very green. Much, very much. <laughs> <laughs> so reference the airplanes again. <laughs> yeah, very much learning. Starting yeah. to learn. James, you, you, you brought another uh, show-and-tell. I think somebody... Oh, that's just said. At least one person out there will be interested, if not many, many. Yeah, can we can we see that? Sure. This is uh, a replica katana, legal size for Canada. It was mailed to me, wow. past customs and everything, so this is not um, a black market item. Um, it's totally replica. Notably, the difference, a real katana has... Uh, these dowel pins that go through that hold the hilt onto the tang of the blade, they have one peg, like a real authentic katana. This one has two. And the gripping underneath is probably some kind of fancy sandpaper. It's not ray skin, which is okay. a, a real katana is made of that. And the quality of the steel and everything. Uh, this is nicely inscribed with this logo on it. And... Um, I know it's corny, but this is the same logo that was on the uh, the katana used by Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. That was a good movie. You know, um, it's very popular in Japan, that movie. No, this really? is like, what? Yeah. Like, the, the white man comes and saves the, the poor hapless natives? <laughs> no, no, no. Because it's popular in Japan because it accurately, so they say portrays the era, the spirit of the samurai and yeah. their whole duty-honor system. I, I don't okay. know much about that, but I felt that way when I watched it. The The story itself actually did happen in mm -hmm. uh, different contexts. It was not an American, it was a, a European Frenchman okay. who was contracted. And of course the events are different, whatever. Yeah. It's not Hollywood, but... Uh, Hollywoodized. It was a very well done movie. My favorite character in that was Ujiu. And Say that ten times fast. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he, um, there's a, a, if you look in the special features of that movie, there's something called the Ujiu beheading, where he's walking through the street. Now, why he's walking through the street in full samurai garb when the laws have been decreed that uh, feudalism is over? Whatever. Don't ask too many questions. Okay, you'll hurt your brain. And he gets confronted by two modern Japanese guys wearing Western clothes, a little bowler hat and, you know, wing collar and a bamboo walking stick, whatever. Yeah. They hassle him and go, your time is over. And one guy goes to poke him in the shoulder with his, uh, with his walking stick. And Ujio, like, one motion, takes his head off. Wow. And it's like, whoa. And everybody on the street drops to their knees and and uh, shows deference because apparently that's what it was when a samurai went down the street in feudal Japan you show deference or you might become an unwilling participant in a ritual they called bathing their blade in the blood of the beggar which is every once in a while a samurai, uh, samurai's sword had to taste blood if it was to stay active wow. as part of his spirit Creepy and cool. The, <laughs> it, it must have been a terribly tyrannical time. 
Oh, God, fear and terror I cannot imagine. Anyway, but this scene demonstrates us how fast these things can be and yeah. how effective and the thing that's striking about it, it doesn't make a word. All you get is the the whip sound. The whip sound. And that's it. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I got this because I find um, learning how to draw and sheathe and make it look professional is kind of like a meditation activity. I never take it outside. I understand that. I never take it outside. I don't go chopping trees. It's, mm. it's a display piece, but it's also a type of exercise equipment. And there's a whole um, uh, uh, method, well, there are different disciplines about how to uh, remove and replace the sword in its uh, scabbard. Mm -hmm. And I like to follow this guy called uh, Ask Shogo. And he's a Japanese artist who trains um, in a certain discipline of, uh, of uh, Japanese fencing. And uh, it's really, really sharp. His tutorials are good. And through that I learned, you're not holding like this, you hold like this. You draw, removing it away from you, not just trying to go out and getting overextended. There's all these subtleties to it, you know. Yeah, yeah, so you actually look like form. you you look like you know what you're doing. Yeah, it's an art form. It's it's. Uh, I I think a lot of the 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 Asian uh, the, the practices of all these these uh, martial arts and swords and all that. It's it's a way to make people help people to focus and become absolutely more. Um, not regimented, but more self-discipline. Self-discipline, exactly. It's a self-discipline. You ever of hear thing. of the Zen stick? No. Uh, okay. Maybe no. You'll be doing a meditation, an exercise, and your teacher comes around behind you and gives you a smack on the back wow. <laughs> with a stick, and it's not to punish you. It's to bring your. They call it bringing your attention forward. So you're really okay. This is the moment because the problem is. You go, okay, I'm concentrating on this, oh, but then I think about this, I think about, you know, Peter Butter Sandwich, whatever, you're distracted, mm -hmm. you're not 100% on site. Music serves that purpose. Yeah. Um, although you can be playing something and be totally composing and improvising, which is kind of like yin yang ish. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, the Zen stick. And. Um, I've had it done to me. It works. <laughs> it's very bizarre, you know. Uh, like when you learn something, anything difficult, I think uh, you might not always have the best teacher. They might have a really nasty, mean personality, and they yeah. belittle you. Well, they're human beings, right? I they're try, and yeah, they're probably toxic in their own way. You know, There's we all have varying toxins. degrees of that. I try and put up filters at my at my very best when I can. I'll put up filters and go, okay, I'm after the information that is useful and the rest I'll just not take personally and discard it. Yeah. You know. I get that. So you can learn from just about anybody, okay. even somebody who's a monstrously toxic personality. I agree with that. I've had some moments of uh, aha moments with complete, you know, mean and irritable and mean-spirited mean -spirited yeah. people who were yeah. uh, unpleasant to be with but I learned something from them you can learn something from anybody I think that's that's you know part of life you can anybody could teach you something mm. yeah how about a closing song 
with different instruments. Maybe you on percussion, and what would you like to do? Uh, Play your 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 bowl or or your uh, bells and your balls and your. What else did I break? I did not. Oh, I did not. You did not what? Um. Oh, give me the give me the um, shaker. The shaker. Right there. Shaker. Do I have anything else? That's hack hack bells. Okay, I'll take the bells. And you do the, the... Okay. Maybe I'll do this too. And I have other tac-tac bells. When we do the drumming segment, I don't know if we'll get to it today. Yes, we will after this. We will? Yeah. Okay. Joining us, thank you, all of both of you. The Thanks for having us over. It's always a great way to spend the day. Vladimir, James, you're welcome to come back again. And this is the end of this podcast, and I hope you enjoyed it. And join us next time as we're going to do many more interesting things and talk about whatever and anything. So be kind to somebody today. Enjoy your life because it's just beautiful. Good night. Good night. Cool. So we're off the air. Yeah. You should have a sign like in the radio studio yeah. on it.